Clark Abood is one-third of the Pop Cannibal team, along with Zyba Scott and Luigi Guadieri, and brings the heartfelt songs to the games they make together. We'll travel the lands far and wide on a tour of Clark's career, but we begin with Kind Words, lo-fi chill beats to write to, a game about writing kind words to strangers and listening to lo-fi chill beats. I'm Stephen Kelly, and thanks for joining us for an evening at the roost. Kind words for me was just kind of rolling with whatever felt right at the time, with what whatever, whatever felt right at the moment, and and just going with that. Uh, given that that kind words came about so kind of spontaneously, the game itself, uh, at least is how how it um, you know fell into my lap with Zyba. It was just six days we had to like I had to write the the, the whole soundtrack. So whoa, <laughs> and that was nothing on uh, like or bad planning on Zyba's part. That was that was just uh, totally how the events unfolded and uh so it was just kind of going through and and writing and and just feeling things out and and just kind of uh following my nose of of what what felt right for the 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 kind of you know warm friendly vibe of Mm -hmm. of what the music had to be and then just maybe moving on to the next one and then and just just kind of just kind of feeling things out but but trying to be experimental at the same time so i think that that colored the sound and kind of gave it the direction it wanted to go kind of taking all these different colors and instruments and then kind of uh, viewing them through this lens of uh, having fun with them and just kind of like running them through guitar pedals or Mm -hmm. like a laptop speaker or just just giving them all the same viewpoint from different uh, different instruments. Have you written music like this before? Um, yes, I've I've always kind of uh, loved both orchestral music and like film scores and game scores, mm-hmm. and then I've always loved uh, you know producers and different artists, and so I've always kind of uh, been writing those two styles kind of side by side, and uh, not not sometimes necessarily cross pollinating always, but. Mm. Uh, Sometimes doing that, and then sometimes keeping those two worlds separate. Kind Words was kind of the first uh, official, you know, debut of that uh, that style in its own yeah. right. How many tracks did you end up writing for Kind Words? Do you remember? Originally, it was ten, and uh, that was the the first version that we, that was uh, in the in the humble bundle. And then it became 17 afterwards after oh, okay. adding some more tracks and then kind of uh, uh, remixing the the first uh, 10 tracks that were kind of uh, uh, in, a, in a kind of a rough mixed state when they were originally put out oh, just due to the time constraints. Do you think your uh, writing styles changed since the first tracks compared to the extra ones? Being able to do the later tracks helped to 
join up maybe the more uh, the separate elements of the earlier tracks and kind of like uh, find uh, what was unique in one track and what was unique in another track mm. that may have been kind of in different families and then being able to create a new track that uh, kind of gave them a new relationship and gave them uh, a new connection through a new track that created like links throughout which kind of you know borrowed ideas or borrowed uh, mm. techniques and kind of um, built upon the whole thing, which was super fun to do. That's interesting. Almost sort of light motify in a way. Yeah, that's it. That uh, motifs and, and theme development is uh, something I love like deeply uh, when when writing. It was less important, uh, I think, on Kind Words and less of a focus. Definitely within the tracks, it was you know developing. Uh, themes and ideas is always something I love to do mm-hmm. um, and will will always be there but um, was less of the focus uh, uh, on kind words more of, more of the vibe was just was the aim That reminds me of um, another track you did with Pop Cannibal, which is Make Sale. Of course, yeah. I discovered that soundtrack um, while doing research for this interview, actually. And I, I kind of have a rule on the show where I try not to be too effusive with my compliments because it's kind of awkward to do that live. So I'll just... I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll take it. I'm all here, you know. <laughs> I'll soak it up. <laughs> I completely fell in love with Make Sale's entire soundtrack. It's just my 100% jam. beautiful and so relaxing oh, thank it, you it almost kind of reminds me of like the sims 4 soundtrack <laughs> i don't know if you've okay heard that before. yeah no, no i i have and i'll take that I, I love i think i think the sims soundtracks are i mean i wouldn't say underrated because they they are like universally loved but i think i think they they just deserve more praise i think they're great they're surprisingly rarely brought up in like video yeah. game music conversations despite being really really brilliant um i think it's kind of easy to kind of overlook them just because yeah yeah so just the genre is not so much we like yeah. yeah you're thinking about it yeah exactly um yeah make sale is a totally different sound than kind words but the reason i'm bringing this up is because you mentioned that you loved connecting melodies and doing motifs and there's a lot of that in make sale 
Absolutely, yeah. Make sale is is very thematically based. Um, even just like use this, there's one or two chord changes that kind of a chord progression, sorry, that really just make up the soundtrack in its entirety, mm-hmm. and kind of everything else kind of stems from there, and and like melodies that kind of build the soundtrack and kind of the whole uh the rest of the music is kind of like leaning on those and and uh uh i think i just like soundtracks and i really appreciate uh older film soundtracks that that kind of don't waste anything they they kind of just have an idea and and really try to try to pull everything they can out of that and take it in different directions to uh just, just like the characters would, in a, you would in a story, you know, just mm-hmm. like take them on their journey. I think anytime a composer takes their their melodies on a journey, I love that, and that's that's what I wanted to do with uh, with Make Sale. Yeah, all the different tracks feel so intentional. Like, you know, they range from a minute to, to four minutes, but they all, they, at least I haven't played the game, but it feels like they all serve a very specific purpose. You can tell each of them apart. They have their own personalities, but they all seem to flow from the same place. Right. I mean, in game, the the soundtrack is dynamic. So it, it's uh. Uh, uh, the longer tracks uh, on the soundtrack and some of the, that broken up as well, but um, they're built around a, a a softer track and a uh, more more intense track when you're getting caught up in the waves. Oh, I see. It took it took some time to kind of uh, finesse and get it working properly. Yeah, but um, uh, there's like it can tr- transition uh, from soft to to intense uh, at uh, at any point you know whether what you're doing in the world you might you know come across and so there are a lot of little uh, transition clips uh, like you know just five second transition uh, pieces of music in in the game that uh, uh-huh. that on in the soundtrack so a lot of little little bits that were had to be written to to make sure all these little kind of like connections uh made but i think that that was tons of fun as well just trying to mm. uh keep it sounding like a, a quote-unquote real piece that that uh you could just listen to without uh finding the seams between uh soft to intense and and uh highly applicable for the game itself because uh in, in the game you're trying to craft your own sailboat and hope it doesn't sink as you as you yes. make your way through the sea so the fact the that obstacles you face and the fact that like it's it's a piecemeal soundtrack that sort of transitions and connects uh that makes a lot of sense yeah no it was uh it was a lot just like kind words another fun uh kind of exploration to go on yeah totally so i feel like the way this conversation is going it, it would be appropriate to bring in sort of a third completely different sound <laughs> let's get into that how, so how did uh like what was the mood you were trying to strike for this one and i guess maybe a brief uh intro on what slay the spire is for people who don't know i think the best way to describe uh, slay the spire in terms of game mechanics is uh a roguelike 
dungeon crawler where you were using cards to battle your foes and, and uh, climb up this tower and, and make it to the top. quirky kind of uh, unique kind of takes on fantasy that mm. uh, that I was really I was really excited by and and really found interesting because it it does have these kind of uh, these classic fantasy elements and staples but they're all kind of just like like turn on their head in some kind of way like mm. look looked looked at kind of like askew so I think that definitely uh, informed the soundtrack so taking that kind of classic fantasy and kind of adding these elements uh, where it's kind of kind of turned on its head a little bit, kind of looked at a little little funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost sort of embracing so, cliche, but then also subverting it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think through that, it's not not something I initially intended, but it kind of came out. Kind of sometimes when I listen back to it, it kind of feels more like gothic than I was intending, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I mean, when I say gothic, I think of Bloodborne, but I, I don't really kind of like mean that. Um, it's it's more just uh, I, my approach was when when crafting melodies uh, on on Slay the Spy, especially uh, there's a book, uh, The Art of Harmony or The Art of Harmony, something like that uh, by uh, uh, Percy Chetty, I want to say. Um, and and one of the like first quotes in the book is is any chord can. Uh, follow another chord i'm paraphrasing that i'm i'm doing all, i'm butchering it definitely <laughs> but um definitely on on slay the spire i i tried to take that to heart and find the chords that i wouldn't normally uh lean towards uh mm. definitely on the ends of phrases i'm kind of i try to set up uh an idea and then end it on a chord that still works with the melody but is pulling you in a different direction. Now, are you the, are you the kind of person who consciously thinks about song structure and which chords are going to lead into other chords, or are you more of a play it by ear kind of guy? I'm half and half. Oh, I think okay. uh, all of Slay the Spire started off with uh, piano sketches as as drafts, and in that I'd kind of like you know uh, just have like a right hand and a left hand uh, that would be eventually become you know, the melody and, and then, uh, these supporting parts and bass lines. And I think just, just when you're working with, uh, piano sketches like that, uh, and you are kind of, uh, doing a mix of just following your nose. And then, like I mentioned with the, the chords and harmony, trying to think consciously, uh, like where you could lead it mm. to, uh, uh, develop the melody or make it more unique or, and give it its own signature um, can really uh, drive the piece, mm-hmm. and definitely as it comes, once you've got that kind of like that first theme. Uh, when I'm uh, restating the theme, I'm definitely more consciously thinking about, okay, how can I reharmonize this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when I'm restating it, it's 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 building and helping you remember it, remember the main melody, but. It, presented to you in a different way mm. so it's it's still fresh and it's gonna try like try and stick it in your head 
Right, right. It's a, it's an evolution, basically. It's yeah, yeah, building yeah. something or like building a deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That deck of cards. Yeah, it's really interesting, especially when you're um, designing a soundtrack for a game that is both epic fantasy and mostly sitting and staring at a menu, right? It's like... Yeah, it's it's a very UI-based game. How, how did you approach that part of the game? That was something that we we uh, like felt out kind of early on. I have a few mm-hmm. uh, demo tracks that were kind of you know different in their scale, intensity, and kind of tempo to to try and see what was what was working and what wasn't Mm -hmm. um and i think we kind of landed on the fact that um having a bit of drive having a bit of uh uh tension worked best and Mm -hmm. and kind of uh kept you kept you on your toes and and kind of what you wanted to do in the situation um whether it's you know a a very simple enemy who you just know you're gonna breeze past Mm -hmm. or or a, or a harder enemy and you know you're on low health and and you you kind of got a more stressful situation hearing you kind of walk through this i'm going to bring up two very different games um an obscure example and an obvious example but please so there's hearthstone right the the king of all card games And uh, it has a um, Peter McConnell score that is very, yeah. you know, uh, thoughtful. A lot of uh, ac- acoustic music that encourages you to, to, to ponder and slowly think through a move. Um, and that's super effective. Um, but speaking of super effective, the other game I'm thinking of is the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color, I think. talk about underrated soundtracks that is my favorite game for the soundtrack <laughs> um and it went the opposite tact for the most part it it really hyped up the matches and if you went up against a major league trainer it was like you know it you you know it and it is you know inescapable it. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is a battle for the ages I, I never thought that i could have a heart attack playing a game boy game but <laughs> i came darn near close man um oh no you have a heart attack playing a game boy game if your batteries die yeah. and, and you're midway <laughs> yeah. through a level and you're like oh damn yes it, it's and it's just funny how i have such vividly different memories playing those two games and i think right. it is largely because of the aesthetic in the soundtrack mm, absolutely i mean i guess i guess the the viewpoints as a player is kind of like different because I mean, I always thought like with Pokemon, because you're always a kid, there's kind of like this, this childlike mm. wonder to, mm-hmm. to everything you're kind of like doing in the world and kind of like everything so hyped up when you're a kid. And then maybe in like Hearthstone, it's that, it's that great kind of, uh, like tavern setting. Yeah. Where, where you, you know, it's, it, it is that more like laid back and it, it just like Peter McConnell's music always works so great. And mm-hmm. I, I do remember, um, uh, thinking about that and listening to 
uh, Hearthstone and just being like, oh, this is, you know, it's that kind of pray again from steel to steel from Pokemon. It's that childlike wonder where you're like, God, this is, this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta steer clear of this because <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, have to, uh, Pokemon trainer battle Peter McConnell right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. Um, we've talked about three of these, of some of the maybe most recognizable soundtracks you've done, but we haven't talked about sort of where you came from in the video game music scene. Um, have you been a, like a player of games for a long time and where does, where does music fit into that part of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've always loved games. Uh, thinking about music has always been a, a, a big part of things. Yeah. I, I definitely have uh, very firm memories of, of, uh, I'm, I'm doing air quotes when I say this, pretending to be a Jedi, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to the Star Wars soundtracks. Oh my uh, gosh. I've never related with a human being more than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was a, uh, you know, uh, taking soundtracks outside of, uh, outside of the, the, the media, they, they kind of were delivered in mm-hmm. and, and soaking them up in that context. Um, that's always been a big part and just in, in outside of, you know, learning music itself, uh, uh, throughout my life and different instruments. Um, so there's always kind of, uh, music and games, uh, throughout my childhood were kind of always, mm-hmm. uh, big big parts um and they kind of just kind of naturally coalesced and just kind of became one i I understand what you mean how something like this just becomes a natural part of the fabric of your everyday life and before you know it you just get more and more involved and i I still remember when brian and i first had that turning point where we're like well you realize we're spending hours every week talking to each other about video game music (laughs) what if we just just share it with the world and it was really interesting i I, i'm not sure how you first got your start in your field of of making soundtracks but else with podcasting we just said let's just email people just whoever like i don't know let's email an oc remix uh remixer let's email the guy who wrote world of warcraft and we were very surprised to find that many many of them just emailed us back yeah that's awesome i mean uh i I have a similar kind of uh, pathway, you know, just with, mm-hmm. with getting in contact with people. And um, it's it's probably a bit different because uh, the end point of, uh, of yours is like, let's talk about this great thing you've done and let's mm-hmm. like, you know, talk about actually the shared passion. Uh, whereas mine emailing is uh, uh, essentially uh, like pay me money to do <laughs> yeah. something for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, so it definitely requires... Um, some careful research and, and, uh, tact, which, you know, is, uh, something, you know, you learn along the way. Um, mm-hmm. always try to be very polite when, uh, when reaching out to game developers who have, you know, tons and tons on their mind and, yeah. and uh, you know, their own passions that, uh, that are taking up their mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if you, if you want to talk more on that aspect of like, how do you go about building relationships with, uh, designers and sort of finding your way to new projects. I think the the kind of like classic uh, advice that you'll be given, um, whether you know you're at a, a a talk about game audio, or there's like a forum post or some kind of blog post about getting started in game audio, mm-hmm. will be to uh, like go to your local uh, 
game development uh, community where mm-hmm. it's like a meetup or, or, or a game jam. Mm-hmm. And so it's great to find friendships. That's exactly 100% what you should be going to uh, mm-hmm. those kind of game development uh, communities for, not kind of, you know, scrounging up for work. Like, yeah, trying uh, to sell yourself. If that's, your, if, that's yeah. your, if that's your aim, it's not going to be um, a great time. Mm. Um, but I, I think I found a lot more uh, just comfort um, in uh, different forums and, and Twitter and, and just kind of, um, hanging around there. Uh, TIG source was a, like an early place where, um, just the audio forum there, I would mm-hmm. hang out and, um, we'd just like talk about, uh, different soundtracks and, and, uh, and, ju- and then just kind of, uh, eventually going to GDC and meeting more people there. which is the game developers conference in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's, uh, like entirely necessary because it is very expensive, especially coming from Australia. Um, yeah. but the bulk of my, uh, friends and, and, and contacts and community, um, has come through, like we said, emailing and reaching out to people and mm-hmm. building relationships just just from there and 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 then that leading into um different projects well i think that's such a smart and uh, powerful way to start building connections and finding projects because you're building it from something that's very sincere and real like you're just talking to people and making friends and and slowly adding to your list of cool people that you not just want to work with but want to talk to and learn more about and you will naturally find the right projects because there will be people that you're already, you know, gelling with and feeling like you yeah. have something to relate with about. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So how about we explore a little more about uh, how you got on board with Pop Cannibal? Um, what was that like? It was originally from a, a Reddit post I'd made. Um, oh, really? Um, I want to say, I think it was um, like uh the game dev subreddit i had made a post with just like sharing some tracks that um it was like 10 or so tracks that i had just you know worked on that were just me you know experimenting just mm-hmm. uh, doing a bit of just like daily writing uh these loops that i just kind of like was i made a post and was like hey here's some here's some like game loops if you want to use them uh you know just to test around with mm-hmm. like awesome go right ahead that that yours to use and uh eventually that led to uh Zyper reaching out to me and using a couple of the tracks in uh a, a game he'd been working on this little this little game he'd been working on um with this great character and this great art and and i was just you know excited and just uh it it didn't initially lead to anything there. It was just a nice start of a relationship and, mm-hmm. and um, just like staying in contact. And then eventually, maybe two years later, there was another project he was working on, which would turn out to be Make Sale. Uh, he kind of had me loosely in mind. And where I was living at the time in London, um, he uh, was was traveling and had a, had a stop through, had a layover in London. So oh, we were wow. able to... Uh, meet up and have lunch and just like hang out in person which was great to do um and and just build that relationship a little more there um which is awesome because a lot of a lot of my relationships uh with game developers 
uh, I kind of don't meet until after we finished the game. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's like meeting in person after everything's kind of wrapped up and said and done. Um, so it was nice to, to get to know him a little bit before really diving in on make sale. Um, yeah, and then it's just, it's just continued from there, uh, building these soundtracks and, and helping with the games. As you guys have worked more together, is he just handing you projects and like, Hey, this is what we're doing right now. Can you do this style? Yeah, essentially, essentially. Yeah. And I'm always any, any kind of new style to tackle is, is very fun is, huh. is, is, is very cool to do. That sounds great. You you guys seem like you have a really strong little team at this point. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm huge uh, fans of, of both uh, Zyper and Luigi's work. So I'm always uh, very lucky and inspired when, you know, we get to work together. And I, because I even know, I know, uh, like mentioning the um, uh, Josh, who played the woodwinds on both Make Sale and Kind Words, mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes people you uh, have in your head, like, oh, I want to work with that person. Yes. Or, for a little while and and you know unbeknownst to them it's just it's just an email uh uh that just you know one day but but if you it's like ah, just in the kind of back of your head a lot of the time just uh just wanting to to work with people totally I, my my favorite personal story for this is my brother and i were working on a an audio drama project that we had been planning for a long time and um we didn't have the skills or capacity to make the music ourselves and um i remember back to someone who did these beautiful soundtracks for the elder scrolls uh modding scene actually um this giant modding project for skyrim um his uh name is daniel ran i had just so admired his soundtrack for that i he honestly had become my favorite modern composer at that point and so i'm like well you never know i did interview him that one time and amazingly he got so sold on the on the project that he did the whole soundtrack for it and that is is one of those surreal moments where you find yourself like blinking in the mirror thinking is my favorite composer really creating (laughs) music for my project how did this happen um yeah that's so cool yeah it's the fun stuff is is what you could never predict Absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, that would be a, a great, um, I'm sure his, his case would be, um, the case would be, uh, an audio drama so different from games. It's kind of like a different way to, to branch out. You gave him a, a great opportunity as well. A great, a great, uh, fun way to stretch the wings. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's a big difference between making a game track and scoring, you know, linear yeah. stories. Uh, I guess actually have, have you ever, uh, had experience doing like TV or or short films or anything? Yes, uh, earlier on, I, I mean, I've 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 kind of shifted my focus more towards games. Mm-hmm. But um, a few years back, I I, I did more uh, mostly short films, and um, I still do uh, uh, like library music for TV. Um, oh, okay, but cool. that's that's unrelated to kind of working with a, a linear media because you're kind of just writing tracks in a format uh-huh. and and they will be used they will be edited into uh into work with the 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 picture but for short films um it's a lot more 
uh, I guess the structure is different because with games you can set your tempo, and if it's not a cutscene, you know you just mm-hmm. you're just writing in that tempo, and you're gonna just write the track where you think it needs to go to keep up with what the player is feeling. And with a soundtrack, it's it's uh, having to find the right tempo to uh, to match these like the cuts or the story beats where it needs to it needs to change or the music needs to hit. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes, uh, more often than not, especially in student projects, is uh, that timeline's gonna change oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe three or four times. Um, so. It's adapting to that and then uh, trying to work out, hey, uh, like how can I keep my theme working and keep this uh, this feeling up um, when I have to remove uh, like a bar and a beat or something very, uh, you know, uh, small like that or just um, uh, yeah, yeah. weird like that uh, or just like rewriting it to fit and how that's going to change things. Yeah. Yes. It, it's it's like a a constant moving target. The second you get comfortable, you have yeah. to you know rip out half of what you've done, and then <laughs> that changes something that you did in the beginning. And yeah, it it sounds like ultra complex, especially when I listen to people tell me stories about how fast moving like the TV industry is in the first place. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Uh, like like uh, the composers who do uh, TV are not like a weekly basis with their, mm. you know, their teams. Has got to be. Uh, gotta be pretty wild i mean do you find yourself drawn towards more mood and atmosphere pieces or do you really like being able to craft a melody because when i think about games that's so often you're allowed to basically make a a song you know with a beginning a middle and an end which is a kind of a different ball game i think i think in any situation i would whether or not i'm trying to it would it would a melody would seep in there uncontrollably, and <laughs> I would I would just be ah well okay that's that's what that is. Um, I have so much respect for um, like ambient uh, composers and, and and musicians who can create those very compelling textures mm-hmm. that that are more abstract and and are more minimalist. Um, um, but yeah, I just I I, I do love uh, melodies and 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 like that that kind of like song format like you mentioned, and I do think uh, even in uh, the smaller moments where it might not be as obvious in films where mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe you know like the there's dialogue or or something like that it's a smaller moment where it's not as like this is where the main theme is going to come through and you're going to notice it mm-hmm. I. I I love I think you can look to like composers like John Williams or I mean that's that's always going to be mm-hmm. like you can you can bring his name up in any kind of situation and he's the gold he's probably standard. done a good job yeah. of it. <laughs> um just even in those smaller moments it's being able to write music that is uh still very uh, detailed and melody driven mm-hmm. and and kind of like as much as uh, I guess in a film context, these characters are having a uh, uh, like a conversation that is still very important to the film and like what's happened before and what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the the soundtrack is uh, of a lot of composers I look up to. Like they're still uh, referencing that and that what's happened before and what's gonna come and mm-hmm. and how that fits into the story. I I I love that and I think that's um. 
something to look towards. It's kind of like that constant emotional reinforcement. Like even if you're completely yeah. distracted by the by the story or the action, subliminally you're hearing foreshadowing and you're hearing uh, callbacks and you're, yeah, you know, you're hearing that support exactly. for the, the story. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a deep respect for people who can create melodies seemingly from thin air i know that's not how it works but boy is that that's how it appears because <laughs> i come from a much more um uh sound and audio editing kind of background right and so when i tried to dabble into music i very naturally found myself making these long um more atmospheric sounds that created a a, a mood or i often find myself like just directly putting ambient sound effects like you know waters or cave right yeah i know that's and uh and i find well i'm basically now back to making an audio drama again only this time it's just <laughs> there are no characters in it. it's 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 using sound to to create uh emotion so that's like that's the definition of music just what, what music is doing yeah exactly i mean that like editing sound editing picture anything like that has its own like rhythm and skill that that i i would look at and be like much like you're saying, uh, coming out of thin air, it's like how mm-hmm. how are you getting that structure? How are you getting that pacing so great? Um, so I guess every medium, every um, discipline has its own kind of its own kind of magic to it. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you too. Lots of fun.